Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Kitman Podcast. In this episode, our main discussion is going to be, is the Premier League good slash competitive again? Then we're going to react to the games of the week. We're going to talk about the issues with Manchester City, with Chelsea, with Arsenal, and how good United have been lately. I am so confident my prediction is going to come true. I've never been more confident of anything in my life. I, I truly believe Arsenal will be the first team in the championship in Champions League. So, I mean, what's the problem with Arsenal? Is it like a discipline issue? Because Gabriel's got a red, Pepe's got a red, Jack has got a red. And I think that's all in the span of like three weeks. Yeah. Delight, what's going on? Um, I don't know. You're going to have to find someone that... Uh... Supports Arsenal. I, I'm, I'm a <laughs> I mean, should, should Arteta be, like, further disciplining this players? Like, no pay? Like, I mean, Pepe started in the... Is that legal? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, yeah, it is. You, you can suspend without pay. If really? That, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't, that, I don't know if that constitutes for a red. I don't know if you can do that just for a red. I don't know. I mean, he was letting this team down. I, mean, I, I understand Xhaka if you were to Xhaka. do like a disciplinary thing for Xhaka. But I think Gabriel's was just like, I don't know, it just seemed like a bit desperate. It was like, the way I saw it, he was just like, he just doesn't trust the team around him. Because you think about it, that foul that he committed on Theo Walcott was on the halfway line. Yeah. He has three defenders still behind him. Arsenal is still in a good position there. So that's either just irresponsible like, I guess, pretty, like, naive defending, really, because, I mean, obviously, Theo Walcott was going for that with, like, 15 years of Premier League experience. He knows where to win that foul. Gabriel, not really. He's a young defender. But uh, I just couldn't... If it was because he doesn't trust the team, then that's, like, okay, you can't really do much about that. Like, he just... The rest of the defense isn't very good, but and the I mean, he's still young. The thing he's was, is that, like, he is inexperienced, and that... that I. If he's not sent off, Arsenal definitely win that game, and it's a huge three points for them as well. I mean, they came out in the second half super duper positive, so I, I think I think it is an experience. But I don't know when it comes to Jacka, I I think he definitely should be disciplined by Arteta. I think hey, that was just dumb, yeah. dude. But also the thing about Arsenal, this is the second game in a row where they get into the game at the second half. I don't know what happens in the dressing room at halftime I, I just don't know why it doesn't happen before the game because <laughs> <laughs> like positive. every single second half they come out swinging but like if you start that from the beginning obviously you're just gonna do better naturally it doesn't it's like when they go down oh yeah <laughs> honestly um all right talking about issues let's let's transition over to manchester city uh, draw against West Brom, a team they should have smoked. A, a, a game where I thought they would be looking for blood after drawing with United. They needed three points. They, pro- they knew United were most likely going to beat Sheffield United, and they did. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I really was trying to think. I, I was really upset after the game. I was, like, yelling at the TV. They, again, didn't <laughs> listen to me for some reason. Um, but I, I was trying to figure out why aren't City as good as they were two years ago, and it's Leroy Sané and De- David Silva. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne is a very, very, very good player, and to let your criti- one of your criticisms is that he he doesn't show up in big games. 
or when City need him. He showed up in this game against West Brom. He put two beautiful crosses into the box, point blank headers. They were both Whoa. missed. Let's slow it down, man. What? If you go, if you go back and if you wind back the Premier League years, and you go to any player that has received Player of the Year, if they're showing up against West Brom, the scoreline will reflect it. I don't care who it is. No, no, no. What, what, what I'm saying is, <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. You're saying he performed well, but I'm saying. If you're that good and you perform well against West Brom, the score line's got to reflect that. You go to anyone else that has one player of the year, it should reflect that. I agree with I'm you. I'm not saying it's on Kevin De Bruyne because obviously the chances that they miss were terrible. But I'm saying if Kevin De Bruyne is on it, I'm expecting like like real results, and I need them to be seen in the score line. I mean, okay, you can scoring, basically. I'm not saying Jack Grealish is a you know PFA Player of the Year. But, I mean, he was super-duper positive in, in the latest game against West Ham. But Or was it West Ham? Uh, I, forget, I forget who they played. But, I mean, they, they, they tied that game nil-nil. And he was the brightest spark on the pitch. I, I think it was one of those games where City just could not score. They could not score. And it's because they don't have David Silva and Leroy Sané. We're, City are used to having to go against that back six. And, I mean, Foden isn't the same player as David Silva. David Silva's going to make that pass in between the wing-back center-back or in between the CDM center-back. And Leroy Sané is going to be the one who makes that run in, in, in behind. And we just don't have that anymore. And without Aguero, Sterling is a good player, but he's definitely not the player who's going to give you a goal when you absolutely need it. And, I mean, Aguero had a good chance that I thought he should have finished. And uh, really... City should have won this game very, very handled, handily. They still have a game in hand, but I'm worried that they pro- they might not even make top four. The chances are coming, but it's the ability to put them away that concerns me. Yeah, I think Aguero is meant to be y'all's, y'all's reliable goal. That's going to score no matter what. I don't think he's that anymore, to be honest. Yeah. He doesn't seem very lively whenever I see him on the pitch. Or, uh, not very lively. He doesn't seem like Aguero in seventeen eighteen. Yeah. And before. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, continuing with issues in the team, let's transition to Chelsea. Had a rough couple of games. Owen, what are your thoughts? Um, I don't. I don't really know. It's it's tough stuff. I saw this one thing. I think I think they haven't won against a top ten team. Top six. Is it top six? No, it's top ten. It's top. Oh, is it top ten? Yeah, all oh, wow. all of their wins have come against bottom ten teams, and I like. I mean, they should be okay, winning those games, but like they should so still be winning the other one. What's well, up? the first goal, I'd like to point out that both of the outside backs, Chilwell and Reese James, were on the same side defending, and they gave. Is it Natu who scored the first goal? Right? Did he score both? He assisted. Okay. Well, I'm trying to think who scored the first. But he had so much space to shoot. And there was both the outside backs. I don't know what their defensive shape was. Is this the Wolves game? Yeah. No, Pope, I, I think I think Potent was very, very good. I, I don't think it was like Chelsea's. I know, but he, he, he had space he's going to capitalize on that. He's good enough of a player. They should have done better. Yeah, I don't really know what it is. Like, like what I've said. They've got the talent. They just don't have, like, the chemistry to work together yet. I don't know when that'll come, or even if it will come. 
it should be starting to show by now. It's a little frustrating that it hasn't, but I, I agree with what Delight was saying. Ha- Havertz is just he he has these moments in the game where he looks really positive, but it's only for like a two minute stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, bro, Havertz is on fraud watch. Yeah, no, no, no. I that's what I'm saying. Is like he, he it's like a two minute stretch, like each game where he's just really really good, and and then for the rest of the game, like he's just running around. So yeah, I, I I definitely think he hasn't lived up to the expectations. It it has only been it's not even been a year. Yeah. So I I mean give him time. I mean we saw that with Jao Felix last year at Madrid. He was stinky, but this year he's absolutely popping off. I'm sure he'll start to do better, but I just don't know by how much. Because at the beginning of the season, I was thinking he'd at least by the end of the season he'd be like really showing his potential and all that. But I I'm starting to doubt that. And then. I just don't know how much he's really going to perform for the team in these next upcoming years, or he's going to be as big of a player as I had thought he was, and the whole Chelsea organization thought he was going to be. But only uh, only time will tell for that one. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, but he's still there's, there's there's time. That's that's all it takes. Yeah, know? for sure. That's like think, a lot of the team. Yeah, you can be harsh on. I mean, being a little harsh on Chelsea, they are such a young team. No, for sure. They have so much potential. Is you know, that's, they're not living up to it at the moment. Yeah, and I, I think as long like, I, I think since they built this young team, especially this year, like majority of the team is new. If they keep it together, then over the years they'll get these chemistry, and each player is going to start to develop on their own. And there's going to be those few, like we were saying, uh, like Delette was saying, Chelsea's always had those top players to rely on. And I think there's going to be those few that like break off, but then they all still have that same chemistry. So I think. In the next coming years, they'll be a really, really, really good team. My concern for them long-term is their defense. Because Thiago Silva is in his mid-slash-late 30s. He's He's already not a very fast player. He's only going to get slower. Zuma's good. And and the thing is, his game is massively elevated by Thiago Silva. And I'm concerned, you know, who are they going to replace Thiago Silva with? Right. So it'll be interesting to see like their five-year plan, their three-year plan. Yeah, for sure. Thiago Silva's not there for the long run. But we'll All right. Have to see. Transitioning from issues with the team into positives with the team, at least in the Premier League, we have Manchester United. Um, since their loss to Spurs, since their disgusting loss to Spurs, uh, they since, since that game, they would have been first in the league. They've been first in the league since that game. They have the most points in all the Premier League Premier League games. Um, Josh, are you saying like I'm, I'm a little confused? You're saying that if the season started then, yeah, they'd be in first? after that game they'd be in first. Oh, okay. They have 20 points. Okay, gotcha. Since that game. Gotcha, gotcha. So, do you think this is a turning point where they're going to start being more consistent? It's tough to say. I mean, it's United. It's it's like great. I, I like it, you know, obviously. But, you know, like one of the stats they had, I think it's – is it in away games? I think six consecutive away games, they've come back from being down. And then it's like, what is it? Was that their 10th or 9th consecutive away win? Did they break that streak? I don't – I know they broke the record for, for the sixth game. No, they still haven't lost an away game since I think last January. So I think it's I think that's ten, I believe, or nine. Somebody correct me on that. 
but I, I like apparently the, the issue is with Old Trafford at the moment, you know. So, but I it's a positive move. Um, it's just that they, they have a slow start. I mean, given it was Sheffield United, but but if United play like that consistently, I think they're a top three team in the Prem. But it just it just doesn't happen consistently enough for them to be a top three team. But they do still have a game in hand, and if they win that, I, I believe uh, they'd be top four. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Up to consistency mostly. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Tottenham Liverpool game. Delight, what were your thoughts on that game? Dude, that game was. That game was. You don't want my thoughts on it. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was so dead. Yeah, I really expected. That, a, I, that, um, was oh, what's up? Oh, okay. you, you. Uh, I like that. Um. Uh, Jose Mourinho is like, not like unbeatable, at least. Because a lot of the times in games against Jose Mourinho's teams, it feels like there's literally no way to score, like at all. So, I mean, um, also, like two weeks ago, or maybe last last podcast, y'all were all doubting me because I said Liverpool would win. You guessed it correctly. I was thinking that when I saw the scoreline. Oh, yeah, I said 2-1, yeah. Yeah, but you said said Tottenham won, didn't you? No, I said if Tottenham score first, 2-1 Tottenham. Or 3-1 Tottenham if Liverpool score first, 2-1 Liverpool. There's a lot of technicalities to his. I'm with the lead on this one. Yeah, well, this was a lot more simple, easier to follow. <laughs> yeah. Delo's <laughs> <laughs> more confident. Confidence is key. Um, yeah, I uh, the game, I don't know. I, I was a little disappointed with it. I really expected a lot more action. Because, well, what was it? What was the shot count? It was like... I expected a lot more action from Tottenham, especially in the first half, because like at one point it was like Tottenham had one shot and Liverpool had eight, and it was one to one. And like Liverpool th- had eleven shots on target. What was the whole shot count for each team? For each team, uh, Tottenham had eight shots, two on target. Liverpool had seventeen shots, eleven on target. What was possession? Because it was a little seventy-five twenty-five. Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just I I expect a little bit more from Tottenham, but seventy five. Seventy five. Oh my gosh. Okay. That sound like our pro club stats. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. That that's. Yeah. Bergwijn had two very good opportunities. Ah. Oh. Uh, yeah. I wanted to talk definitely, about that. Definitely should have scored. Bergwijn that. is on my fraud watch. He. <laughs> It was pro clubs. Rohan would have blamed the game or the loss on me. Facts. <laughs> or me. Uh, yeah, but no one thought Bergwijn was good, though. Yeah, no, I, I don't know why they bought him, really. Uh, he's 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 fast. I mean, that's about all you can say. He also missed the good chance against Chelsea that he probably should have put on frame at the very least. So, I mean, that's two games. And, and when you play in a system that has such a limited amount of shots, I mean, what... How, Tottenham had eight total shots, two on target, one hit the post. I mean, yeah. when you're in such a shot-limited system, you have to capitalize on each and every chance that you get. And sure. I just don't think he's that player. I don't know. I, I don't think it's Lucas Mora either. I think they need to get someone Janu- in January if they yeah. really want to win this year. They, they should get someone in Jan- January. 
Oh, he's absolutely not that player. Yeah, no. Did, did, Jose, did Jose Mourinho sign him? I don't think. I don't think that was a Jose signing. That was um, Pochettino, I, I think. I can tell you. But that also, you know, this the system that like they have to finish their shots. That also puts so much pressure on those forwards. And obviously, the only two that have been able to deal with that pressure and exceed in it is Kane and Son. Yeah, I mean, from from Bergwijn's the statistics. You would think he doesn't make any appearances. Zero goals, zero assists yeah. in, I think, nine appearances. Jeez. And, I mean, I, I know stats aren't everything, but he's he's missed a lot of good chances. A lot of good chances. It's not a clinical player. No, not at all. What do you guys think about uh, Mourinho saying that the, the better team lost? What's your thoughts on that? I'd agree. I'd agree. I... I I, that, that's I, something that Mourinho would have laughed at. The thing is, I, I, VAR didn't pick it up. So, on, on that corner where Firmino scored his header, he was only set free because Henderson kind of set a screen on Eric Dyer, and Eric Dyer just got clattered to the ground. And that's how Firmino was, had that free header. Or, not free header, but that's how he was able to get so free. is because Henderson set this screen on Eric Dyer that freed him up. So, I don't know if that takes away from the goal. I'm just saying that that is a foul. Maybe VAR should have picked up on it. But I, I'd agree in saying the better team did lose. Owen, what about you? Yeah, I'd, I'd, agree. I, I'd agree with that too. I just I say that because Tottenham defin- definitely had the better chances to score. Like, all of, like the shots that they had and put themselves in. Like the, okay, the shots weren't great. But the chances that they put themselves in, they could have definitely made it a better score a higher scoring game and they could have put more away and like all the shots or a lot of the shots that Liverpool had were just like right at Lloris or just like not hard to save at all so it's like I I don't know it's, it's weird because then you look at the possession too and I guess that's like Tottenham style is that quick counter but like still 75 to 25 is a lot I don't know but I I think I'd agree with it Josh? I, I think it's just crazy that Liverpool are still the team to beat. Yeah, even with all those injuries. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly the, the the Klopp win that you would expect for him to just somehow win a game that they have no business winning. Yeah, that's like one of those those luck. Like that luck comes into play to get that, that title. And I think yeah. that, that game was a show of they have that luck still. Yeah, they definitely have luck. Yeah, no, for sure. Um. Do do you think it's Liverpool then, Josh? I, I know Dillette says yes to win the title. I'm so skeptical, but I have more of yeah. I'd say I can see that now. I I still think I don't know. I still think Tottenham is gonna win the title. I think to, I I think Tottenham as well. It really depends on how this January transfer window is going to turn out. Yeah. I feel like. And this run of Christmas games. Because, I mean, Tottenham came out of this stretch with a game against Liverpool, a game against City, a game against Arsenal, a game against Chelsea. And they came out of it pretty well. I mean, that that's a tough run of games to have. So, they came out of that very, very well. When Liverpool reaches their hard stretch, see what happens. Yeah, see if the injuries have any effect on their performance 
Yeah. Find out what happens when they play United. Yeah. <laughs> right. I I I I see it. Two nil Liverpool at halftime. Game ends three two United. You'll love to see it. You really do. They all count. They all count the same. All right, now for the main discussion of this uh, podcast episode. Is the Premier League good slash competitive again? Dillette, I'm going to open this to you first. What was the question again? Is the Premier League good slash competitive again? Oh, yeah, what we were talking about. Okay, I have a very interesting take on this. Because while I do think that the quality players, like you look at every player in the Prem now compared to maybe 10 seasons ago, as a whole, it's definitely better. But I just look at the top quality players right now, and I okay, I look back. I want to ask first, where does is Robin Van Persie any else top ten strikers in the Premier League history? For strikers, yeah. Ah, uh, if he is, he's in at the bottom. He's in at tenth, eleventh, maybe. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I can't, I can't do the ten off my head like that. That's that's fair. That being said, I don't think a single player in the league would touch Robin Van Persie right now. Really? I think if he's in the league, he's washing the player of the year easily. I disagree with that. You think he's losing it? I think it's like the MLS. Or like what what you're talking about is like the MLS. The MLS has horrible defenders, so these old players can just do what they want. And so like those players, like back then... The defenders weren't as good. I think the there's more quality, so it's harder to be that special. You can't do that much. So you think that because the players are so much better now as a whole, the good players don't seem as good? Yes. You can't, like, yeah, you can't be that special. You can't do those. Okay. So you think that the bad, okay, that you're saying the bad players have caught up. Yeah. Okay. I'd agree with that. Maybe that is the case, and I'm just that's just like the diff- the way that I'm not seeing it. I would say if we had this discussion a year ago or anywhere between 5 to a year 5 years to a year ago, I would say no, it's not very competitive. A lot of the teams were in like a rebuilding stage. City and Liverpool were really the only contenders. Yeah, you get teams going like 99 points in a season. Yeah, so that's I, also one of the big reasons why I remember I was talking to Rohan about why I think City's season was um or not why City's season was less impressive, but why the the league is worse now is because no team should be able to push a hundred points. That makes no sense. Like the quality of the league as a whole is terrible, mm-hmm. especially if it happens mo- like last season. Liverpool were what forty points ahead of third place, something like, like that. Yeah, that that just shouldn't happen, dude. That makes no sense. So my question to that is, does that take away from City Centurions, and does that make the Arsenal 2003 season more impressive than the City Centurion season? I don't know. I mean, there's no way to really tell just because in your we opinion, can't have the, we can't have the teams play each other. That's true. No, it, I don't think it was less impressive because it's not like City like. Like, like if they went Invincibles right now, I would say it's less impressive. But they got 100 points, which is like, I, I don't know. It, there's really, like, no easy way to look at it, to be honest. I don't think, I don't think it's less impressive, personally. I think it's comparing apples to oranges. You can't really compare it. 
you know. Yeah. So, you're saying, dile- I, I, I kind of have a foot in each, in each door here. Yeah, I, there's no, like, real way to decide. I don't know. I, I agree. Interesting one. I agree with Dillette when I say, when he says the quality in the league is really, really good, but no play. I, I think Robin Van Persie, I, I think Kane touches him. I think, I don't know, are, are we saying prime Aguero or yeah, no, we're talking Kern Aguero. Yeah, yeah Kern Aguero Kern, doesn't... No, I'm talking about, like, right now. Everyone yeah. right now. I think, I, I think, like, I think when, Kane's not, up there. When Robin Van Persie's on the field, he's, like, amazing you in what he does. Whenever Kane... I mean, that's just, I guess, the, the player that Kane is. But everyone else in the league, you watch them, it's like, they're not wowing you on the field. It's effective. It's not being... It's not, like, flashy. It's effective. And I think that's a... Yeah, that's it is effective. But even then, I don't know if... I don't know if they're pushing... Other than Kane, maybe I guess. But if, other than like two players, if you look at Kane under Pochettino, like like he he had good numbers, he was playing well, but he scored very very pretty goals in nice buildups, and now under Mourinho, he's not scoring very pretty goals, but he's getting loads and loads of assists. We know he can shoot from just about anywhere, so I I think a lot of it is in the system of the manager because not a lot of top managers in Robin Van Persie's era, we're willing to sit back the way Mourinho does, to counter the way Mourinho does, to play the way I mean, Mourinho does. Mourinho was. Yeah, with Chelsea. Yeah, Mourinho was. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I would also agree in saying the Premier League, it, it's now anyone can be anyone. And I don't know whether that's, to mark that up. That's also why I feel like everyone sucks. Just because anyone can be anyone. Like You go back to United's 06 team, they pull up to Burnley... Burnley does not have any chance. Liverpool and Tottenham pull up to Burnley right now. You don't really, you can't really put your finger on who's winning. Like the just the fact that like obviously it happened before in the past in the Prem that teams would get upset, but now it's like literally like a toss up in most games with big teams. Like we see United and we see Chelsea, they they go and they play smaller sides, and it's not even like like there's no more comfortable wins in the league. And while I do think it's in large part due to the fact that the the worst players have caught up, like Josh said, like I just don't feel like the the good players aren't like right now are as spectacular as I think they're supposed to be. I feel like but is that I, I feel like the level of what averages is more consistent, but it's higher. So like more players are around that. So it's like yeah, more dr- players are like solid now. Yeah, I feel like mo- majority of players are solid, and there's not many players that are trash, and there's not many players that are, like stand out. But like, the, like if I were to do like a bell graph, uh, or whatever that thing is. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's it, like it's just like a uh, like it's the overall quality is better now. Right. Yeah, yeah. That being said, though, I still don't feel like, and, and Josh, I know you're saying you're saying that it's not necessarily a bad thing. What was that? Yeah, yeah. I I disagree, dude. I think. It is a bad thing that the like I'd rather watch like players wow me on the field rather than like two like solid sides. I don't know. Like I'd rather see that than like two bang average teams. I will also say I, f- I feel like a part of it is there's no attacking generational talent in the league anymore. I mean, we we look in past Premier League seasons. There's Eric Cantona, Thierry Henry. Like you said, Robin Van Persie, who's probably like around number ten. There's no forward who's 
you know, wow, he's he's the best. Yeah, the most ever wow been. player right now is a center back. Yeah, exactly. That's so dead. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. it, and the like closest thing to a generational talent right now is Trent Alexander Arnold, and he's a right back. And he just crosses. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you could say the same with Kevin De Bruyne as well. I mean, he 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 does make you go, wow, what that that was really special. Yeah, but you go, wow, that was very pinpoint pass. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, oh wow, that that was you know, he's top drawer every game. Yeah, there's nobody super exciting to watch. But I will say also, this season has been uh, buying into what you're saying about anyone can beat anyone. In in your opinion on that, I would say I would I would mark up some of it at least. To the fact that there's no fans, I don't know. What are what are y'all's thoughts on that? Uh, I, I don't. I, that's interesting because I feel like I feel like even w- with fans, it would be the same. Because if you're going to play away, like say, I don't know, like Liverpool's going to Burnley, Burnley's going to have their home fans there, so to support them. But like it's a toss up still without fans. But my thing is, do Chelsea draw with Tottenham with fans? Do Liverpool beat Tottenham? Without fans. Because there were fans that game, and I'm sure he gave the players a boost. I mean, the Fulham manager said when they beat Liverpool, the fans had a huge, huge, huge part to do with it. The players came out feeling energized. They, fe- they came out feeling positive, and that helped massively in their victory. Yeah, I'd say like part of it is they don't have anybody to wow. So, you know, they can play very within themselves. Yeah, but them. even looking with the quality of the player, there's no one who's going to... Who you can say, yeah, ho- right. holy cow. Right. I, but I, I, I like what Josh is saying because I feel like if there were fans out there, then like players are going to like be a little bit more adventurous and try to wow. No, I think that's the opposite. I think with no fans, we've seen worse teams do better, and that's because they are willing to try things without getting booed, without getting yelled at. I think there's, there's, there's definitely something to both arguments there. Yeah, I just I, I I see what you're saying. I see your side, but I also feel like those players that are like, like the top are gonna try and do a little bit more, a little bit more to impress, and then that would also set them apart from the rest if there are fans. I, I, yeah, I think it's like yeah, the top end aren't doing enough too wow, and the bottoms are trying to like trying to catch right, up. Right, so then that's what's yeah. making yeah. everybody like in that one big group of just high high talented average. So, are you saying the better players aren't playing well enough? No, I just feel like they're not being not necessarily like as adventurous. Yeah, not being as adventurous, and they're not trying to do more. They're just sticking to like their like, what just, what what they know, what they do. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And like and it works, but it's not impressing us. You know, I think that's something seen across all sports in the COVID era as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to bring basketball into it, but I mean, in the NBA bubble, there was players who people didn't think were very good, who played very well, and the superstar players didn't play as well. Yeah, because, like, I, I, I just feel like it feels like more of a scrimmage. So, like... It does at, some, at times. Yeah. At times in the Premier League, it, it feels very scrimmagey. Yeah. Like, like the first half of that Arsenal-Burnley game, mm-hmm. it didn't look like a Premier League game. I mean, the first half of the... Or, the, like, first 20 minutes in the City-West Brom game in the second half, it didn't feel like a Premier League game. Seems like they're playing to play. Yeah. Do no, I, but like I said, I don't think this is like just a COVID thing. I think the league has been poo-poo for like four years now. Four years? Yeah. And just, the, not this kind of the sport in general. I don't know. You look at like the Ballon d'Or shortlist 
eight years ago. That list is insane compared to what it is now. Yeah. But does that go into, you know, like you evolve- could say that it, Yeah, you could say that it's because the worst players have gotten better, but I don't think that has anything think- to do with the top player quality. I just feel like they've, I don't know, they just don't seem as good anymore. I think a lot of what you're, you know, what, like, you're, um, you're upset with is, like, the, the flashiness of it and the, like, how good they are, but I feel like they're just simple now and because that's what works. Yeah, and, I, I want to add... Because, you know, you don't have, you know, Ronaldinho flicking it over people and everything. You know, you have, you have Holland. He's a very simple player. Extremely simple. You know, touch and finish. I, wanna... I mean, they're not... Go ahead. No, no, keep going. I mean, they're just not, obviously, players you can compare, but... I get what you're saying. Efficiency is... Become the new way to play. Yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to add to that in saying, is it a change in the style of play? Because... We see players or managers like Pep Guardiola who don't like when their players are adventurous and experimental in games. So, Dillette, do you think it's partially an evolving play style that's become a lot more efficient? There's more in-depth stats, better analysis, better technology that's showing players, hey, you know, you have like a 5% of doing this, but if you do this instead, it has a much higher completion rate. Do you think it's partially that and they've kind of simplified the player's play style? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And maybe, um, yeah. maybe you can kind of blame that on Neymar because, you know, obviously he's a fantastic player, but I feel like he kind of, you know, his play style is just so, I don't even know how to put it. I think what you're saying, it's very indirect. Yeah, there's like, there's nothing, it's it's nice to watch, it's very fun to watch, but, you know, sometimes he's just kind of out there on the field just kind of dancing around, there's no no goal. That being said, that is the player that is going to win you the game over a lot of these highly efficient teams. True. Very true. Yeah, I mean, we... He played simple. Yeah, I mean, I think that extends to Paul Pogba, who's one of his criticisms is he's inconsistent. He's not, you know, on on his bad day, he's terrible. On his good day, he's excellent. And that's because on his excellent day, he's able to dance, prance, pirouette, and turn around the field. But on his worst day, he's, you know, kind of contained into a certain area of the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I'm looking for this generation to be, I guess, kind of, like, moved past quickly. Kind of how, like, the... That whole creative era where we have like Ronaldinho, we have, um, I'm trying to think of other creative midfielders. I can't, I can't even think of any off the top of my head. Like Ozil, who doesn't work now in really most teams. Yeah. I'm kind of ready for that kind of player to be relevant again. Because going into that, well, the, the definition they're of... They're not... Oh, sorry, but they're, they might not be... You could say that they're not as good, but they're definitely more entertaining. I, For sure. I would say the def- definition of a creative midfielder has changed drastically. I mean, buying into what you said about Ronaldinho, his game and Ozil's game don't... Ozil's game especially doesn't fit into current teams. So what would it take, Dillette, for you 
what what type of player would it take for you to say yes, the Premier League is competitive again, soccer is good again? Um. Uh, I mean, I because we see generational it's players. Like, it's not like that, like black and white. I don't know. Yeah. So so like I watched I watched like Marcus Rashford, and I and, I, and I'm like, wow, this guy is good. But then at the same time, like. I don't know, man. He just doesn't seem to... Maybe it's the team around him, but he doesn't seem to really have it all yet, and I guess he's still young. But he does have that wow factor that I think, honestly, like nobody else in the Premier League has. Because we are seeing generational players. We were talking about how there's no upfront generational player, but we see it in the back with players like Van Dyke, with Trent, with Reese James, and so on. So maybe the definition of a generational talent has changed into a more defensive sense. Do you think that's possible? Maybe, but that's just so weird. I mean, you still have Phil Foden. You still have Mason Greenwood. But they're, they're, they're very good, but I, I don't know if I'd call them generational. I mean, if you call Reese James generational. Yeah. I mean, he, but he can put in a cross like Trent. Okay, I, I guess I was generous to Reese James. Yeah, but one season. <laughs> Yeah, no, but but watching him in the lower leagues and stuff and watching him in his youth academy, he's put in beautiful crosses. He can shoot. He can pass. He can defend. Same with Mason Greenwood. Yeah, but he's not generational. We haven't seen a right back go out and and do that, bomb forward like that, put in a cross like that. That's a completely new thing for a right back. I think that's kind of started with Danny Alves, but now transitioned into the Premier League. Mason Greenwood's excellent on both feet. But he's not a generational striker. True. And I, I, I might put him. I might say he's generational. Huh? I might say he's generational. I don't know. He got double figures his first Premier League season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he is young, so time will tell. But I, I don't think I'd put Phil Foden in that category. It's, it's your. It depends on your definition of generational. Talent. I guess so. I, I guess I'm looking I for mean, like. A I just top I just see players. that he he'd be like the best of his generation. Yeah. Like before they come along. And I think what was it? He had like twelve starts or eighteen starts last season and he scored ten goals in the Prem. I feel yeah. like that's I think you're, you're talking about goal. like different like a different kind of definition to it. Like it changes the game. Like that's I don't think that's the definition no, of No no no. I I'm saying I'm saying in five years or ten years he will be the best at his position. So, like, a generational player, Ronaldo, uh, Messi. You think it's, like, as they're a teenager, they're the best in their position? No, so that's what I'm saying. Like, time will tell. Like, like I'm probably being too harsh to him and Phil Foden, but time will tell with, you know, how good he will be. I mean, no one can say, oh, this is his ceiling or, like, this is the maximum poten- potential Mason Greenwood has. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, Owen, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I'm really impartial to it, but I, I think what you're saying about Reese James, I wouldn't say he's generational. I think he's in that. He's good, um, but I think he's with that, like, as I was talking about earlier, that big bunch of good average. Yeah, I only said Reese James because he's like Trent. I kind of really meant just Trent. I was trying to give a comparison to Trent. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit impartial to the subject. Okay, that's fair enough. Alrighty, guys. That's the end of our episode today. We have an amazing upload schedule for you guys with this Christmas break. 
Monday, we're going to have a new episode for you about soccer. And then we're just going to continue with each game week from there. We're also on TikTok now. Follow us at the Kitman Podcast. And from now on, we will be starting a pop culture podcast as well. Uh, same, same account, same, same channel, same everything. We're just going to upload that once a week as well with uh, popular content. Our first episode will be tomorrow talking about college soccer. See you guys then.